0: Amen to that. There is, we believe in a God who has risen Christ uh, from the dead, and that is the hope uh, that I'm hoping to communicate uh, this morning. Thank you, Dan, um, uh, for that wonderful song. Would you uh, bow your heads in prayer with me today? God, we come before your presence uh, knowing that you are a God who has risen from the dead. <laughs> And God, we ask that you would uh, be with us uh, this day, that you would open uh, your word to us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, we are continuing our sermon series called, I'm Glad You Asked. Uh, many of us, a uh, few uh, this past week, were wondering why we're, we're answering these questions. Uh, and most importantly, who posed these questions? Um, let me say, uh, start by saying, Pastor uh, Joanne, uh, Pastor Cindy, and I um, came up with these questions. Um, we had a conversation as we were looking at what sermons to preach, uh, and, uh, and we kind of explored what are some of the questions that our parishioners are wondering about. Uh, And what are some of the questions that they've asked us personally? So we developed this sermon series called, I'm glad you asked. So this morning we're attempting to answer the question, what happens to me when I die? Or what happens to us when we die? What happens to you when you die? Uh, To answer this question, I've heavily relied um, on a theologian named Ed Peters, uh, who kind of uh, broke this down for uh, for us, so I'm kind of, he's going to be my conversation partner uh, this morning. So when you ask this question, what happens when we die, it all, the answer depends on who you ask. Yes, the answer depends completely on who you ask, because each of us view the world differently. See, if you ask a naturalist, uh, what happens when we die, you'll get the answer that, nothing when you die you know you're here in this life and you live it and when you die you die your life comes to an end nothing there is nothing there after this life there is nothing at all there is no hope there is no condemnation there is absolutely nothing that's the answer that you will get when you speak to a naturalist for them this world and this life is all that we have but if you speak to someone whose life is shaped uh, by Hinduism, uh, this, uh, their answer is that life is cyclical in nature. Your current life is a result of your previous life. That your incarnation of your previous life is what you're experiencing today. Your life's challenges and the blessings that you are facing right now in 2020 is dependent on what happened in your previous incarnation and this is called karma. See the goal of life, the Sanskrit word for life means atma and eventually that atma is going to be joined with the divine. The Sanskrit word for that is called parmatma and when your life comes in contact in communion with God's life, you are made complete. That is the goal of Hinduism. See, I've done a considerable amount of research um, on Hindu philosophy and yet I cannot teach my daughter, Samira, who's 12 years old, that she's using the word karma um, completely wrong. You know, if something happens to anyone in the house or her friends, she quickly yells, karma, the reason you're experiencing the hardship, losing something, is because you were mean to me. And I try to tell her, honey, no, what you're saying is actually rooted in the Bible. What you sow, you will reap. But she's 12, and I know nothing. Anyway. So, the other view of death is called um, astral projection. Right? Astral projection. Uh, This is more of a New Age philosophy, if you will. And their worldview is that when you die and you've lived a good life, you will end up in the sky as a star. And most New Age spirituality kind of promote this as well. This expression of death. And let me remind you parents that Disney has this worldview. Yes, Disney is teaching your children about death. You think, I'm kidding, I'm not. Uh, if, you watch the, uh, if you recall the movie Lion King, uh, and if you recall the conversation be- between young Lion King uh, and young Lion Simba and his dad, Musafa. And they look into the sky. And Mufasa explains that the stars are the people who have gone before him. And that they guide us and do that. And then when you look at the sequel for Lion King, it's called Lion Guard. And there, um, the young Lion Guard, uh, Kion, has a similar understanding of death. And our kids are learning that. So, uh, and again, if you, read, if you watch another movie by Disney uh, called Moana, it has the same view of death. That when we die, we go up into the stars, and those stars somehow guide us in this life. So before we discuss uh, what happens when we die, I think it's important to ask ourselves this question. What is our understanding of death to start with? Right? How do we understand death? I'm glad you asked that question. So this morning I want to speak to you as a Protestant Christian understanding of death. Like that is my perspective. That is where I'm approaching the scriptures from. Death uh, is first introduced to us in Genesis chapter three. After Adam and Eve have sinned, uh, and they were expelled from the Garden of Eden, um, God, prior to that, God, Adam and Eve fellowship together. Adam and Eve walked with God. They were experiencing true communion with God. They were instructed, they were given clear instructions not to eat the fruit of good and evil. All the fruits were available for them to eat, but not this one. And yet they fell into the temptation by the snake and ate the fruit of good and evil, and their eyes were open. In the story, uh, when we're reading about the fall of Adam and Eve, we're also informed that there is a tree of life. And for the tree of life, if they had eaten from the tree of life, they would have lived forever. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Ted Peters, who's our conversation partner for this morning's sermon, uh, he framed death in a new way that I've never really understood. And he said that when Adam and Eve ate from the, the from the of good and evil they were not permitted to eat from the tree of life for if they would have eaten from the tree of life after they had sinned they would be completely miserable forever their addictions their sin their abuse you name what is wrong with the world they would be living with that forever There would never be an end to their suffering So when Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden and faced the reality of death, it meant death for them meant an end to their own sinful existence. In death, we find rest to our sinful life. See, when we begin to see death in that light, and then you bring in Jesus, We begin to see death in a completely new way because death plays an important role in our salvation for death leads to resurrection. Death is essential for us so that we can fully embrace the resurrected life. For Jesus' death is what leads us to the resurrected life. For we cannot claim the resurrected life without Jesus facing death. See, in the Gospel, there are so many different sections that deal with the life of Jesus. There's the birth narrative, the stories about Jesus' birth. Uh, There are the teachings of Jesus. Uh, There are sections where the miracles of Jesus. And then the last portion is called the Passion Narrative. In the Passion Narrative, the Gospel writers uh, detail to us what took place as Jesus was walking towards the cross. Or, or the night that Jesus was betrayed and was handed over. And this passion narrative, we have some vivid images of what Jesus was going through right before he experienced death. Jesus prayed in that garden, um, God, if you can take this cup away from me, please do so. Jesus knew what awaited him and he did not want to experience that cup. And then, we also read that Jesus was so burdened by what He was about to endure, that His sweat turned into blood, as He agonized, that death awaited Him. And then, one of the last words that Jesus said on the cross, is: He said, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? You can hear Jesus' agony as He is about to face death. Uh, Friends, I want to remind you that Jesus was not afraid of dying on the cross, but He fully comprehended the cost of defeating sin and death. That is what Jesus was doing the night that He was betrayed, and the night that He was handed over, and when He hung on that cross on that Good Friday. On Good Friday, Jesus dies on the cross, defeating death. In doing so, he was able to undo the curse of death that was given to human beings when Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden. God raised Jesus from the dead and new life was given to all who believe in Jesus. This is the gospel. This new life is called the resurrection life. See, this morning scripture um, that Pastor Cindy and Carl read to us, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about the resurrected, resurrected life or the resurrection. He talks about the power of resurrection. If we do not believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, our faith is to be pitied. There is no Christian message if there is no resurrection. If there is no Jesus rising up from the grave, there is no Christian faith. The message of the resurrection is what makes the Bible story complete. If we do not believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, is, if we do not believe that, all we are doing is fooling ourselves. The power of the resurrected Christ gives us a future and a hope. You have heard me say this uh, before and you will hear me uh, say it again because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead the worst thing is never the last thing when you look at life and things are not going well and you say things are getting worse let me remind you the worst thing is never the last thing because what Jesus did on the cross and rose again from the dead the worst thing is never the last thing even as you face this would be read uh, this morning. Paul is writing to the church in Corinthians, and he said, "Then the saying is written, will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where O oh, death is your victory, Where O oh, death is your sting? The sting, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the power of the resurrection. Friends, I have witnessed the power of resurrection. When people have come to see and know Christ, when they have experienced this new life. When they have seen life crumbling around them and they put their faith in Jesus. They experience this resurrection life. They've experienced that the worst thing is never the last thing. I have seen addictions being broken. Sin that people struggle with overcoming because they believe in Jesus. The hurts and the pain that they have experienced through abuse, through other people. They were able to release forgiveness to those who have hurt them because of the power of the Resurrection power. I have seen this in my own life. And I can declare that this has broken all chains that bind our lives down. That is the power of the Resurrection. And I can talk about this all for... till the cows come home. But you may be saying to yourself, Yes, the power of resurrection. All you need to do in order to experience this is say yes to Jesus. And some of you are saying, yes, I have said yes to Jesus. And I've experienced the power of resurrection in my own life. But Pastor Johnson, what happens when I die? If you're asking me that question this morning, let me tell you, in the short answer is, I don't know. And so I will do my best to explain, knowing fully well that I might be wrong. And you will finally have the opportunity to say, I knew Pastor Johnson was wrong about what happens when I die. Because what I'm going through right now is not what he preached on August 23rd, 2020. To which I would say, too late to prove me wrong, you're already dead. So, all joking aside, what happens to us when we die? When we look at the Bible, there are two aspects um, when it comes about death and end times. See, the biblical writers, um, when they were writing and trying to understand, the New Testament writers, when they were trying to explain to us, um, their worldview was kind of linked together. They saw our death, like you dying and me dying, and the end of the world as being really close together so whenever they're talking about us dying they're also talking about the world coming to an end and this morning some of you as i'm saying those words that some of you are thinking so are you talking about the end times yes in revelations when the book of revelations First Thessalonians, there are so many different places where they talk about the end times as to what will happen to us when the world comes to an end. That means what will happen to us when Christ will come again. I want to assure you, the scriptures teach us that Christ will come again. That is a reality that I want to hang on to. That is going to happen. The world as we know it will come to an end. And so for the biblical writers, they always kept both of them really close together. And some of you might be saying this morning, maybe Christ is coming pretty close. If you look at the world around us, there's a pandemic, there's a global pandemic, there's a plague, there's political unrest. The world is changing and it has completely changed from what it was before. And you might be thinking that Christ is going to be coming in the next day or two. To which, I will respond, if you look at recent history, the past decade, or the decade prior to that, or the past century, there have been times when the church has said, Christ is going to come now. The end of times is going to happen now. So, this morning, I want us to uh, separate both of them. What happens to us when we die, when you and I die, and the coming of the world, because When we read the scriptures, they're both closely together. I want to be able to separate them a little bit. Jesus is coming again. That is the truth. That is the truth. But what happens when you and I die? So this is my understanding based on the scriptures and the gospels that I read. When we die, when you and I die as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that we are immediately taken into God's presence.
1: There is heaven.
0: There is no waiting to experience this new life. The life that we are going to experience is the exact life that Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden before they ate the fruit of good and evil. We will fellowship with God. We will walk with God. We will talk with God. We will be in God's presence. This will be peaceful. Complete peace. We will be worshipping God in God's glory. This is heaven. This mortal body that you and I carry, this will come to an end. These bones, these flesh that we have, that will come to an end and that will perish but we will be transformed into something new and something different. And I don't have words to express what that looks like. But I know that you and I will be in heaven. We, won't be, we will be ourselves. Just like Adam and Eve were walking with God. They knew that they were two different people. They were not just one. They just they, it's, it's against the Hindu philosophy. They were not all going to be one like God. They were their own people. That is how we will be. How we will look, how we will talk, I don't know. I'm hoping we will still talk with our accents. And the reason I come to believe in this is because when you read the Gospels and you hear the story of the rich man and Lazarus, the story is, Jesus is telling a parable about rich man and Lazarus. Two people living very different lives. The rich man was self-absorbed. He did all he could to feed himself and care for him. And Lazarus was at the gates. Poor, decrepit. And both die. And both are taken up. And Lazarus is sitting at the right hand of God. And that is my understanding of what happens when we die. We, you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, we will be in heaven. This past week, um, uh, something very sad happened uh, to me personally. Um, uh, One of my uh, previous parishioners, Donna Ray, uh, passed away. She was a godly woman. She helped shape my understanding of what it means to be a pastor. She shaped me. Uh, She was someone who loved those on the margins. She led the missions uh, team for years. She spent every spare moment that she had in the church. Cleaning up. Cooking for people. And recently... He said goodbye to her. And I know that Donna is is in God's presence. That Even though as we saw Donna's body coming to an end, I know that she is sitting next to Jesus himself. And she is at peace. That is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That's my understanding, what happens when we die. I'm glad you asked. Amen. At this time, I want to invite Pastor Cindy and Pastor Joanne and Dan Brown to join me as to how we need to prepare ourselves right now in this world So, how our lives need to be to prepare for what is ahead of us. Let us say the Wesley Covenant prayer together. I am no longer my own, but Thine. Put me to what Thou wilt, rank me with whom Thou wilt, put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by Thee, or laid aside for Thee, exalted for Thee, or brought low for Thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to the high pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.